and welcome back to episode four of Spy Curious. So happy to be back. It's been such a long time, so sorry to leave you all waiting. But happy to be back. Yes, and ready to end this cliffhanger that we've left you all on. Yeah, that was quite mean of us. Where were we again? Let's see. We started off episode one with uh, James, the spy, and his enclave, and his trusty co-agent, Baxter, the dog. And they came across a submarine while they were on a recon mission on the island of Hawaii. Yeah, somewhere in the mountains, in the, in the snow, it seemed. And their next mission was then to see what these spies were up to. So they have been flown in to Honoka in their very masterfully disguised outfits. What was Jim like again? Or James, I'm sorry, like again? Um, basically, uh, hippie. And um, if, I'm, if I'm not being too generalistic, and um, uh, the dog Baxter was a, a laid-back surfer dog with headphones. Yeah, sounds about right. Who peed on everything? Oh, yeah, that's true. And they were picked up by uh, the helicopter of Ben who also has a bar, which is the happening on the island and where uh, other spies come as well. And two of the co-spies are uh, Joe, codenamed Coltrane, and Cole, codenamed Surfer, who uh, apparently runs another bar and provides James with his, I don't know, much needed supplies. And as much needed information, it seems, in this instance, or so we hope. All right, let's, uh, let's get right in. We won't hold back any further. Let's get right into part two of Honoka. Romeo opened the hatch as sand falls in from above. Oh, yeah. Uh, Romeo. That was James, right? Codename Romeo? Yep. yep. Oh, Romeo, Romeo. They exit and he closes the vault, shuffling sand and palm fronds about to hide his access point. Okay, so he's basically covering the hatch back up with sand. Yes. Okay. Much more detailed, much more colorful. Thank you, Jim. No one was allowed in this interior room. Cole runs the beer joint, but his real job is to gather intelligence and guard the hatch and its secrecy with his life. Okay, so he needs to be there 24-7 to make sure people can't get into the hatch? Or he just needs to have enough security around it, enough measures around it to ensure that nobody can get in. How about a good lock? That might do it. And I think those palm fronds are going to do it. That's just the cover they need. Definitely. He doubles as a lifeguard, which gives him some authority over the beachgoers. He can also be seen in the back room of the main enclave, wearing a green clear visor. He is the Enterprise's accountant. (laughs) No way. So your weed guy is also your accountant? That's dodgy. That's dodgy. But this is so like a, what is it, like a 1980s, 1990s movie version of what an accountant would be like. More like a gambler, even. Yeah, With the exactly. clear With green the visor. visor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just see the stacks of chips in front of him and all the paperwork, <laughs> like a pen behind the ear. Yeah. 100%. And now he's in his Hawaiian shirt. That just completes the look in my mind. All funds taken in by the bar and all expenses are duly recorded and filed with the IRS. That's, that's a very important detail in the spy novel. Yes, everything's in order. The books are in order. They're not going to get caught out that way. All are filed with the IRS under Ben's Bar, Inc. Oh, wow. He's incorporated. Nice. Yeah, legit. Secret funds and outlays for the Enterprise's real mission is handled with a separate set of top secret books filed through the appropriate agencies. Coltrane submits vouchers for each weapon and equipment purchased through military channels. Every penny is accounted for. Wait a minute. First of all, every penny is covered. 
And I'm pretty sure he got his characters mixed up. Hold on. Coltrane submits vouchers? No, no, no. So Coltrane gets a, a, a submits a voucher if he needs a gun. Yeah, and Coltrane, uh, Col- Coltrane and is the one that supplies the the And Surfer the makes sure that it's proper that it's processed properly. Yes, exactly. Okay. But still, you, you know, it's important in your in your spy agency that all the books and all the vouchers are are necessary. So if you need something really urgent and you don't have the right voucher for it, then the opponent's spies are going to get away with what they're going to do. And <laughs> enemy spies, is that better? <laughs> the opponent spies. It's a game, right? The opponents, the, the, the enemy spies, are going to get away with it because you just didn't have the right voucher for that one item that you needed. Hey, processes are important. We need to see where these guns are going to. We don't need any sawed-off serial numbers coming through any of these chains. Well, we don't need that, but it would be nice if you were like, hey, they're getting away. I need a car right now. They're like... Yeah, no, sorry, dude. You should have filed the paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Every penny is accounted for. Romeo took a hit off a joint. That also (laughs) helps with getting your papers in order. (laughs) I mean, it makes it much more interesting. Romeo took a hit off a joint and stumbled out onto the beach while Muzzle went over and peed on the nearest pier piling in sight. Of course, because what, the last time he peed before he went in the helicopter? Well, he's also taking his role very seriously. Sorry, she. Oh, yes. Her role very seriously. Her undercover role in this was to pee on everything. That's true. So, nailing it. But not the carpet. What a pair. They meandered up the beach. He looked back at Ben's bar. It was 10.45 a.m. There were 50 people waiting to get in. Wait, wait. This is a bar that has a line outside at 10.45? Alcoholics much? I don't know. Well, these people just know how to party. Yeah. The place was buzzing. It was Saturday morning. Ready for brunch, maybe. I'm, I'm going to go with that. He didn't serve food. No, but I mean... Liquid. Brunch. Liquid brunch. Liquid brunch. Liquid brunch. The place was buzzing. It is Saturday morning. His broken sunglasses are sending encrypted video to agency birds. Wait, what? <laughs> his, his broken sunglasses? Or uh, you mean that the, the glasses in the sunglasses is broken or is the function broken and therefore it's not sending anything? No, I'm pretty sure it's meant to look like his kind of broken sunglasses are actually sending encrypted video. Okay, so... Because other- otherwise they wouldn't be sending the video. I know, that's kind of my point. But I like more the agency birds. Mainly because the first thing I think of is more the British use of the word birds. And I think it's sitting into a bunch of chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of it, it are literally birds, like like not planes, but actual birds. So there are birds flying around <laughs> that relay encrypted video. Just like our secret agent Baxter. They've also got birds enlisted. Yeah, like pigeons and whatnot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that these are just other agents. If we're gonna be really practical about this, um, uh, I would assume birds are planes. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's probably more logical. <laughs> Sending encrypted video to agency birds. These files are analyzed in the near real time by HQ facilities. Okay. Wh- why the need for near real time? Because you either analyze it real time, or it's analyzed near real time, which means anywhere between now and ten days from now. Yeah. Which is near real time which is what he's saying he's basically he's just admitting they can't do it instantaneously wow admitting their faults bummer 
He scans, he scans the beach and surroundings methodically, knowing everything is recorded. He stumbles or even falls at times and hums nonsensical tunes. Wait, wait, so he, he scans the beaches with his eyes, so he's like looking around everywhere. Then he falls. How does that like not, it doesn't quite help. I mean, it helps with his cover, but it doesn't quite help with trying to video everything, because at that point you're basically videoing the ground. I'm pretty sure it's just to maintain his cover, like, oh, look at me, I'm drunk and clumsy and high. Baxter in her laughable outfit is charming. Dirty, but charming. Okay, uh, a charming hobo dog. Yeah, I mean, after our dogs haven't gotten a haircut for a while, I'm pretty sure that's about what they're like. (laughs) They're a bit charming and they look a bit dirty. I can see that. Yeah, Yeah. fair point. Her dirty shirt is of a high-tech plastic. Wait, a high-tech plastic? Okay. I hope it's recycled plastic, James. Yeah, exactly, James. This better be this better be an eco-friendly book. Anyone touching or petting Muzzle will have his or her fingerprint recorded. The shirt would be analyzed. So, so it's not high-tech plastic, as it is a high-tech shirt that is made out of plastic mainly, and that has like fingerprint scanning abilities all over it. Pretty much. Which is then, if you want to be short with it, high-tech plastic. I would I would say it's a high-tech shirt made that happens plastic. to be made out of plastic. Uh, and this is why you are not the author. Exactly, because, <laughs> you know, I would have gotten these details completely the other way around. We're missing so much of the background and the and the atmosphere with your description. I'm liking I'm liking Jim's description here. Baxter's job was to either annoy, requiring a push-off, or cuddle, requiring a pet. Either way, Muzzle would come back with selected fingerprints, selected by Romeo's commands and her intrusions. I, 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 do, like, I do like that concept, though. Like, you, 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 I mean, not everyone is going to be petting a dog or pushing it away. Some people are just going to run away. I mean, they, you won't get their prints that way. Um... Also, like, if a dog's annoying you, how likely are you to to push it away? Would you do that? Yeah, I mean, if one was really close to me, I probably would. But I think the other thing is that it says that it's very selected and targeted. But to be honest, I don't really think they could select me. And if I saw that dog, I'd probably want to just go cuddle it. So then they'd end up with my fingerprints everywhere. Yeah, but that's not really the problem. It's more the problem if you are, like a spy that doesn't like being around dogs and therefore you won't actually start petting it but you also won't push it away like i don't know well i, I see i see the helpfulness of this system because it really can get you a lot of fingerprints i also see the flaw in this and that a certain target audience is never going to be reached <laughs> their marketing team really needs to get on it yeah yeah, yeah this, that that's where it comes from the waves were crashing in at 20 feet or more a gorgeous day A small, almost invisible wire extends from his fishing cap. Muzzle, come, he whispers into the mic. Oh, sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He whispers like all caps. (laughs) Muzzle, come. That's better. There we go. There we go. The dog is there at his side in a flash. Wow. He kneels down and looks the dog in the eyes and pets her. Wait, but that means he gets his fingers printed again. Like, there's no need for that. Yeah, but if he's not touching the shirt, if he pets her head, then it's fine. Oh, you need to pet the... Yeah, okay. You need it's to a shirt. shirt. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so everyone who just pets the head of the dog doesn't get fingerprinted either. Okay. Oh, that would then save me. Definitely. Muzzle, scan. She runs off up the beach, 
getting near, but not near enough to be touched by groups of people. He keeps her in view as he continues his planned stagger up the beach. I do wonder what, what the scan command then really means for Muzzle, because she she's going to run around, get close to people not close enough to check them out, but is she scanning for anything in particular? I'm assuming she's just trying to get a full view of the beach, and I don't know what kind of video recording she might have on her, but just to kind of get a lay of the land. That's what I would envision. Okay. This was tedious work. He needed to discern what people or groups of people did not fit in with the rest. Most were surfers and tourists and store owners. Not a discerning group of people at all. You're trying to figure out who doesn't fit in with a bunch of locals and tourists and store owners. Yeah, so basically everyone who is in Hawaii. <laughs> exactly. But let's see who doesn't fit in. Some did not fit. There we go. There they are. They could not fit. They were Russian enemy agents. Wait, the uh, Russian enemy agents can't pretend to be to, to be tourists? No Russians go to Hawaii. I mean, come on. I don't know. Have you been to Hawaii? Yeah, I, I have. I have, you have been. I have. Yes. <laughs> were there any Russians there? Mm, not to my recollection, which is now just going to confirm this, which is completely untrue. I'm sure many Russians have gone there before. He needed to start somewhere. A group of rough-looking teens dressed in somewhat strange clothing for the beach attracted his attention. They carried their surfboard in an awkward, non-athletic manner. Wait, wait, so they're just, like, new at surfing and don't really know how to hold their surfboard yet? Because, I don't know, I've, I've only been surfing a few times. I'm pretty sure I would then be picked out as a potential spy because I'm holding my surfboard a bit awkwardly. Yeah, that's probably true. And then how would you be able to tell the tourist from the locals? Exactly. Like, the first-time surfer, how are you going to tell that one apart from, from a spy? And also... If you're a little bit prepared as a spy and this is going to be your cover, just like James is really prepared, prepared for his role, would they not make sure that these spies, the enemy spies, would then also be good at their role and, and could really be tourist surfers? <laughs> but I also really like that he's discounting them for having a non-athletic manner of carrying their surfboard. I mean, what if they're not just very graceful? What if he's like a pro surfer and he just really can't carry it in that athletic manner? But anyway... Two were pasty white males of 20 years. The third, a female with dark hair, somewhat their elder. What, wait, they're, they're elder? Like, <laughs> like um, the only time I've heard that word was when I went to Book of Mormon. So, like, they're elder? Ding dong. <laughs> My name <laughs> is Elder Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's somewhat their elder. But now it just makes me think that she's some old woman when in reality I'm assuming she's going to be kind of a cougar character. Like they're, they're elder, like older than them. And because you say elder, you're like their grandparent or something like that. Yes, exactly. When it's somewhat their elder, yeah. So it's not really, <laughs> it's not really described whether it's like whether she's a lot older or not. But, yeah, but older nonetheless. And they're in their, tw they're of 20 years. Of 20 of years. Of 20 years. Of 20 years. So yes. is that, I don't know. English, not my first language. They're me, 20 years old. Me sorry. They're 20, <laughs> they're 20 or they're old. in their 20s? No, they're 20 years old. This means they are 20 years old. Okay. That's quite specific. That's very specific. Because when I see someone who's who I know is 20... Also, they're not going to get them at the bar. It's difficult to see them whether they are whether they're like 19 or 21. Yeah, but this is also going to be difficult for me to be able to get them into Ben's bar, for instance. Because they're not allowed to drink yet. Yeah, exactly. Ah. Mm, they better have some good fake IDs in Russia. 
<laughs> well, they yeah, are yeah. spies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they could range that. Yeah. Romeo limps up to the older looking of the two males. Wait, but they were okay. So they're equally old, but one just looks a little bit older, even though he's not. Yeah, which is very true. That always happens in a group of friends. Well, uh, when I was twenty, I also looked older than twenty. So yeah, you probably yeah. looked about forty, but that's okay. Hey, buddy, spare beer. They're waxing one board while the other larger board sat nearby. So, th- so they do know how to wax the board. So, but they're complete rookies with everything else. But they can't carry it. They, they can't, can't carry, carry it, it. But they know how to wax it. Yeah, it's not very difficult. The kid looked. <laughs> the kid looked him up and down with demon-like eyes. So now it's a kid again. So yeah. he's like, like fifteen. Get the fuck out of here, you drunk. He had a distinct accent. Maybe try it with a distinct accent. Because what does a distinct accent sound like? Yeah, but this could be a distinct Russian accent. And I can't do a Russian accent to save my life. All right, all right. Should I try it? Yeah, give it a where shot. Is it? Where is it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What does a Russian accent sound like? Please. Um, I can I can uh, get the fuck out of the out of <laughs> here, <laughs> yeah, drunk. <laughs> That's just a weird no, accent. <laughs> That's staying in I can forever. I can try it with a Dutch accent. Get the fuck out of here, ya drunk. <laughs> That's a bit but of I, Irish. But it's so <laughs> Irish then, or Scottish even. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but hey, those those were distinct accents. <laughs> they were all dis- they were all distinct <laughs> they accents. They were very distinct. That's true. <laughs> oh, Get the fuck out of here, ya drunk. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that was. That was better. That was okay, way so better. Just, just don't open your mouth when you talk. <laughs> and then you're Russian. Yeah. No, it's still, your, wasn't, it wasn't close to being Russian, but it was at least consistent with an accent. Keep your teeth together and you're German. <laughs> Muzzle pee. <laughs> <laughs> he sat in an ultra quiet voice. Oh, 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 sorry. Ultra quiet voice. voice. Okay, He's say this in an ultra quiet voice, please. Muzzle pee. No, that's not ultra quiet. Here, this is ultra quiet. There, that's ultra-quiet. Nailed it. He said in an ultra-quiet voice, as he walked toward the man and Baxter circled behind. He took a large hit out of his dirty-looking flask and breathed on the guy. Is that a nice way to talk to a fellow surfer? As he looked down and behind the guys and said, I'm sorry. For what, you wino? Well, for that, as he pointed behind the man. I'm, I'm kind of lost. Who's saying what? Okay, let's try this again. So, it starts with, is that a nice way to talk to a fellow surfer? That is James. Hold on. How, how about we do this? How about we do this in unison? Okay, so... So, are you going to be... Wait, you be one character. I'll be the other character. Okay, so... So, you're going to be... You're James. James. Oh, I'm James. You're I'm James. James. And okay. I'm going to be the other one. Okay. Um, where do we start? With... <laughs> I'm sorry? Yeah. I'm sorry. For what, you wino? Well, for that. As he pointed behind the man, Baxter had mounted the larger board and was peeing like there was no tomorrow. She was a shy but satisfied expression on her face. Okay, so she just peed over a surfboard. The man rushes over and pushes her violently off the board. Print number one. Ah, there we go. So that's the mechanism to get the fingerprints uh, from the shirt. Exactly. Baxter run towards the li- runs towards the lady and jumps on her like a lost and abused whimpering puppy dog. Print number two. Hold on. So it's basically just, just attacking the people? I'm assuming in a very friendly and excited manner as only dogs can. I'm sure she is. 
Then she rushes the third man in a feigned attack. He pushed her off. Print number three. They trotted down the beach with Romeo apologizing that his dog had just had too much to drink. Um, not just a dog, I don't think, but um, also... <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do like that A, he's able to do this while being freaking high. Um, uh, so that, that's, that's a drunk. good thing. And, and drunk. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, at the same time, uh, what are they doing now? They're, they're trotting further and keep apologizing. Are they doing this to more people? Or do they walk with the other spies like arms on arms and be like, you know, sorry, dude, I'm so sorry. No, I'm pretty sure that they were just like apologizing as they walk away. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please don't come following us. We're sorry, we're sorry. Oh, so a bit like this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Exactly. More or less. I, I don't think that Baxter's... Because if Baxter were to run up to everybody, then he would get all of the fingerprints modeled. So they can't just keep running up and doing this to everyone. But isn't this fingerprint stuff also like broadcasted or streamed near real time? We don't have any confirmation of that. So I'm kind of picturing him more as like... Oh, what are those things? Hold on. So, so I'm picturing something just... just So it's just plastic? Yeah. And the plastic isn't very high tech. It's just plastic, and you take the fingerprints off them later because, weirdly enough, it because it, it said it has the fingerprints on there right away. Like it's it's very high tech, and it has fingerprint scanners on it right away. And if it has fingerprint scanners, I assume it can like send it away right as right away as well, unless there's no connectivity with this thing. That's a very good question. I think we're gonna need to ask the writer what he thinks of it because, in my mind right now, it's not very clear. I'm not really fully seeing which way it'll go. In my mind, later they're going to get with the prince main. When they're analyzed in near real time. A.K.A. not at all real time. <laughs> just whenever someone <laughs> is just ready to get going with it. Like, oh, no, no, no. No, it's Friday, 4th. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, no, no. Monday. Always Monday. Monday. Always about it. They trotted down the beach with Romeo apologizing that his dog had just had too much to drink. The one man charged Romeo more in defense of his manhood than anything else um like 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 bull rushing like like yeah. seriously trying to get to someone or you just like just walked up to him like hey dude just a little pushing and shoving and that kind of stuff i also really like how the man attacks muzzle like is attacking baxter and not the man what person do you know would go and attack the dog instead of the owner Good point. Yeah, I would definitely go up to him like, what the hell is your dog doing? <laughs> like, are you going? You atta- I'm just picturing a crazy man tackling a dog because he peed on his surfboard, which makes no sense. The man yelling at the owner of the dog. That makes sense. Bum rushing the dog himself or herself. Sorry. That, yeah, no. Plus, the dog can get away from you very easily, is always going to outmaneuver you, and... <laughs> Is going to bite you? Like, if you attack a dog, the dog is not really going to lose unless it's a tiny dog and you can, like, kick it over the fence, but not with this one. No. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Muzzle. Tackle. Baxter intercepts the man's ankle midway to Romeo. Oh. The one man charged Romeo. Ah, there we go. That makes more sense. Yeah. I totally misinterpreted that. My bad, everyone. Apologies. Well, apologize to Jim. I'm sorry, Jim. She set her jaws. The man shrieks in high-pitched yelps of agony and was down in the sand. Yeah, so so he is charging Romeo, a.k.a. Yep. James, and... The dog attacks him. Uh, yeah, and the dog attacks him and bites his ankles. Yep. 
Which is an interesting tackle, because when I tackle someone, I just make sure they fall. I'm not going to bite them. You're not a dog. No, but like if you're running and a dog is suddenly in front of your feet and you trip over the dog, that's also a very efficient tackle. Yeah, but muzzle is going right for the angles, going for the pine points. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They wandered up the beach, a drunken pair of beach bums. So I'm I'm guessing that solved it because she tackles him and then they just keep wandering up the beach. Yeah, so basically all they've done so far in this entire episode is get out of a hatch and walk up a beach as a drunk. And get some fingerprints and bite someone's ankle. Yeah, so not much. No. Okay. They wandered up the beach, a drunken pair of beach bums. He took a glance back at the woman and boy who were attending the victim. No blood, just a warning. So now they're victims? Yes, he was attacked by a dog. It's a victim. Yeah, but it was his own fault. He attacked someone else, so he's the perpetrator. And the victim. You can be both. Romeo had video and fingerprints. These were not surfers. How will you know? Maybe they were surfers. That has not been established yet. These were people that grew up in a rough atmosphere, not on the beaches of Hawaii. That still doesn't not make you a surfer. I mean, you can grow up in Siberia and then still go to Hawaii and go surf there just for fun. These were people of a different ilk. The upcoming image video and voice analysis would reveal the truth this confirms that it's not real time yeah so it's upcoming so it's not this hasn't even been sent yet to the birds i think the video has been <laughs> sent to the birds i don't know about the fingerprinting to be fair <laughs> is the fingerprinting also going to be sent to the birds i hope so um, the upcoming image video and voice analysis would reveal the truth wait voice analysis where does the voice analysis come from did i miss that uh, we both missed that. Everyone missed that. So suddenly there's voice analysis without any mention of how that's going to happen. Or is the video recording also an audio recording? I'm going to assume that that's the case because anything else would be far too complex for my brain to imagine. They were most likely scouts of some sort. Low-level scouts. Of some sort. Of sorts. Always of sorts. But they're, they're agents, but now they're just scouts. Are they like the Russian Boy Scouts? <laughs> I I would I would interpret these scouts as being like uh, uh, people who uh, scout locations. So, uh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Surfer viewing the incident through his binoculars signals some surfers to follow the three after Romeo and Muzzle broke off. So so um, Cole Surfer yeah. is looking at the entire thing through binoculars. Yep. Okay, yep. Um, that's great. From I assume from his from his tower. Well, yeah. from 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 his lifeguard tower where he is uh, guarding the hatch while doing the books, um, and <laughs> with his green visor, with his green visor, obviously, um, and he signals some servers who are then maybe also agents that J- that James doesn't know about because James doesn't know any agents. Did you just say agents or Asians? <laughs> I said agents. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, again, English not my first language, but I definitely said agents. Okay. Um, but you know maybe they're Asians I don't know um, and they're also probably then Asians that need to s- that need to follow the Russians <laughs> just keep hearing you say Asians <laughs> like <laughs> is this about me now <laughs> you're just all I keep hearing you say is that he needs some more Asians to follow them up the beach 
<laughs> I like lose the storyline of what you're saying. Okay. So <laughs> let me say this again. So Cole is signaling to agents yes. who happen to also be surfers yes. to follow the Russian spies. Yes. All of that is true. So there are more agents, even more agents that Jim, uh, James, sorry, doesn't know about. Yes. And he doesn't know any of these agents because he said that he met some, but he doesn't know any. Yeah. And it's all compartmentalized. Exactly. But not for surfer. So, so again, James is being kept in the dark of who everyone else is. This is still a cruel joke on James where he's the only one who doesn't know who else is all involved. Back at the bar, Ben in gloves was placing the last of the ultra-fine silicone mats, almost invisible, on the bar countertop. Wait, is that another spy thingy? Um, the ultra-fine silicone mats, almost invisible? Is that like... Because there are always those silicone mats on top of bars to make sure they stay a bit clean and whatnot and easy to clean. And um, it sounds very much like fingerprint stuff again, but, but there's no other mention of it. Well, we don't know that yet now, do we? The bar was made of oak. It was a hundred feet long and curved in a horseshoe shape. Hundred hundred feet? That's that's thirty yards. That's freaking <laughs> that's freaking a third of a football field. <laughs> I mean, we did say it is the place to be. Well, I, I get why there were like forty, fifty people waiting to get in, because this place can fit like five hundred. At the base of the shoe, there was a large oil portrait of Ben and Spinner in their Bell Jet Ranger with the enormous volcano of Mauna Kea in the background. Hold on. So, um, the base of the shoe. Yeah, the horseshoe so, shape. So, the horseshoe. Wh- what part is the base? Okay, it's got to be one of the feet, but I'm pretty sure he meant the rounded part. So, so at the... Uh, like, in the middle of the rounded part. So, if I'm thinking about the part, if it's a horseshoe shape, then it's going to be, like, in the middle. You know what I mean? So, so the bar is shaped like, like a three-quarter circle... And um, in the middle, there is, behind the bar, a big oil painting of Ben. And his pug. And and the bug Spinner, which now makes sense that... Not the bug, the pug. I said the pug. (laughs) You said the bug. The pug. Well, (laughs) hey, one doesn't rule out the other. Um, The pug Spinner, which now makes sense why uh, it was spinning around all the time. Yes, exactly. Like the helicopter blades. (laughs) Ten bartenders await the rush of barricaded patrons. Ben, with spinner in hand, takes the cover charge of $20 per person and stamps each hand with a small replica of the portrait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I get a nice visual here. So, uh, first of all, it's, it's a big bar. There are ten bartenders. That's, that's a giant bar. All right, so a $20 cover charge, that's quite steep. But if it's but if it's a place to be, I can I can see it. I would say at ten a.m. it's or eleven a.m. it's a bit steep, but in, at night that's I think that's a bit normal. Yeah, and the uh, the owner of the bar is the one at the at the entrance, not only taking the money but also stamping the 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 people. With a tiny portrait of himself. I mean, the portrait was him in a helicopter with the dog with a mountain in the background. If you make it really small and you put like a stamp on there with ink, it's just going to be one blur. I'm really hoping that Jim is going to give us a drawn out version of what this will look like. 
And we will definitely then post that on Instagram. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) The thirsty guests flood toward the awaiting servers. The Enterprise made a fortune off the bar. The Enterprise made a fortune? Like, is is this a spy agency or are they just trying to make money here? Well, we already said that this is part of the way that the agency makes money is by having this part in the green in terms of it's not whitewashing or anything like that, like any of the illegal business. This is a huge part for them. It probably then legally helps pay for all their other stuff. But so here's the problem. So let's say this bar at some point is not the cool spot anymore because another bar opens and it makes a lot more money. And this one is like kind of out of money. Does that mean that the spies can no longer be funded? Because this seems like something that government should be funding. Like, the government should be funding these agencies to make sure that they have the money and the supplies to do what they need to do. If they have a bad summer or a bad year, what, they can't protect us anymore? Uh, or this all just goes into Ben's amazing house. Who knows? JPL would record thousands of prints tonight. Each map was removed from the underlying stack. The entire stack was only one millimeter high. How, how, how do you get one layer off when it's only when the entire stack yes exactly when it's less than one and there were hundreds of them how do you know you're holding one (laughs) i'm very intrigued about that i've got no idea the patron thought the patrons thought nothing of it yeah because you can't even see or feel it you don't i don't even know it's there some even commented on the novel way they kept the place tidy so you do see it so you do see it, and it's super thin. But if you see it, then why make it super thin? You can just make it visible. You're just like, ah, oh, this is how we keep a bar clean. We'll just remove it every time someone touches it. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. The foils would be cleaned and processed. JPL's computer archive contained thousands of people that had flooded through over the last decade. But if you clean them, don't you remove evidence? I mean, it's one of the things I've learned is that you never... like. I've, okay, we watch way too much true crime here, but... Um, if you then see what they do, they always process it as is, because when you clean it, you wipe evidence away. I'm going to go with that sentence should have been the other way around. Foils would be processed and cleaned. But why would you clean it? I mean, if once you've processed it, you keep it as the source of the evidence or you throw it away. There's no... I have a feeling they reuse them on the oh, bar. Oh, that's... the Well, I hate good. Yeah, yeah they're recycling. <laughs> Recycling's always good. Exactly. Sustainability. Thank you, Jim. We much appreciate that. Sus- hey... Don't make sure at least make sure your spy is a green spy. <laughs> Most were simply tourists, surfers, artists, photographers, lawyers, bankers, chefs, people of all varieties. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me people of all varieties. Okay, but seriously, that's literally most were just everyone. That is what that sentence reads. But, but also, I love that he specifies them all. So it's like tourists, servers, artists, photographers, lawyers, bankers, chefs. And so all what? The rest. So so what do we miss? Accountants. Let's see what else do we miss. Like people who work in marketing, consultants, uh, analysts, IT. spies. We're missing a. L- <laughs> okay, we're missing most of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but the list is so long. You think if you like, you just say a couple things. Got it. <laughs> Some though would match a more sinister database with Russian connections and murderous intent. Um, so they already know all the fingerprints of the skies or they gather them this way? They gather them this way and they're hoping to match this against their known database of Russian spies. Ooh. Dun dun dun. 
And that's the end of episode four. Wait, so in this chapter, they went off the hill to the bar, to the shack, walk across the beach, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. They they got some prints. They got some prints, let's be real. And we learned a bit more about Ben's bar. And a lot of new characters. No, mainly just the same characters, but more brought to life. No, but I mean like in oh, the, the whole chapter. In, yeah. the whole, in the whole chapter. Yes, that's true. And I'm very intrigued about what's going to happen at Ben's bar. Mainly because we've got a whole new world, apparently, that's going to, up to open up to us, it seems, in terms of new information they're going to be unveiling. I don't know. I just, I just think that there's so much more that's going to come out of this. And so much more rum to be drank. And so much more disguises to use. I can't wait. Are you ready for the next chapter? Well, maybe next week. So, until next time. I'm Spy Curious. <laughs>